submarines. Submarines are a pretty crazy piece of engineering, something that I never would have imagined had I never stepped foot on one. Honestly, I never thought about submarines. The actual endeavor of going onto a submarine and learning everything I could about it, my mind was blown. The amount of things, the amount of engineering that goes into these things is absolutely incredible. They're a totally self-contained ecosystem. An isolated habitat. In the middle of the ocean. Underwater. They make their own oxygen. They scrub their own CO2. Produce their own electricity. They create their own fresh and potable water. Monitor oxygen levels. They monitor for everything. They have sewage pumps on board that can get rid of excess waste. You can essentially be out to sea for a totally extended period of time. And the only limiting factor would be that you would need to eat when you ran out of food. And that's pretty impressive by itself. But we have those systems twice over. We have two of them. Let's say your laptop computer motherboard just died. Can you imagine if you just had another motherboard with another full set of hardware loaded out onto it? It seems a little ridiculous. It seems like overkill. But with submarines, it's absolutely not. It's necessary. It's a necessary thing. Because if one of your primary systems goes down, you don't come back up. Redundancy is a huge thing on submarines. But the most important thing about submarines is the detectability. So right now, you've got a militarized weapon rolling around the ocean, completely undetectable. Some incredible weapon of incredible force that can strike from anywhere at any time. And nobody knows where it is. Oh boy, it's Encyclopedia Brunch. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, through that little old thing we call the internet, it's Captain Kogart. Hey, Tim. I'm really trying to feed off of your enthusiasm tonight. Yeah, you're feeling like kind of pumped up. You're feeling very. Yeah, just keep keep it coming my way. Keep yeah. it coming. Okay, then. Are you excited for it? this? Is uh oh ah oh I'm sorry. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> no, oh, come down, it's... come down. Okay, it's okay. Okay. Uh, so no big deal. But this is uh, our very last uh, episode in this particular chapter of our Engineered Wonder series. And to finish us off, we had a lovely intro uh, by my good friend, Mr. James Kinney, uh, who you can find on YouTube with his That's Pretty Good series. Uh, just look up the YouTube channel, That's Pretty Good. And he does uh, funny little jokes. But that sounds very dismissive, doesn't it? I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Yeah, no, it does. I mean, what, <laughs> do you what, want to try that again? <laughs> what I mean to say, though, is that they really are. They're like these really short little segments. Like, that's that's the bit. Is that just like, it'll be like a short video that's, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Um, mm, that's a sweet spot for me right there. All around something being pretty good. So check those out. We'll have a link in the notes. Um, and the other thing to know about uh, James and his great work is that uh, he's one of the few people I know who's been on a example of this week's topic. An example? I, I had to get been on an example. All right, how would you say that? I was I was trying. To... I think we've all been on an example at some point or another. An example of this week's topic: nuclear uh -huh. submarines. Oh, sorry, I didn't let you finish there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the parsing was very hard on that one. That took me a minute. <laughs> <Or> the... 
<laughs> syntax, turn that around. What if I twisted it? Right. It, it was kind oh, of, yeah. yeah. It was a bit of a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> See our episode on Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> Technically, our episode on Erno Rubik, the inventor oh, of yeah. the Rubik's Cube. Erno Rubik. <laughs> yeah, that's a real I throwback. See. Yeah. Uh, so because James had been on there, he was kind enough to uh, give us some of his perspective. And I think it's clear uh, from that that uh, I, th- I think he and I share a perspective, although I think his is uh, much more immediate. Is that just like, what? Whoa, <laughs> we made that? Yeah, which is, I mean, that could be an alternate title for the series. <laughs> what? Whoa, we made that? <laughs> yeah, I th- I th- the summary may be... Because, I th- well, okay, so I think the reason the submarine particularly sticks out to me, though, is that it is it is not something I have lived with my whole life. You know, the Panama Canal, yeah, I've gotten used to getting t-shirts from China for a certain rate. I've grown used to a certain uh, a certain standard of living as far as t-shirts from China go. <laughs> sure. You got t-shirt standards. <laughs> uh, that's not entirely true. <laughs> Sometimes I keep them way too long. Mm, well, I mean, that's on you, not me. Oh, it's really hoping to blame you for this one. <laughs> no, not this time. Not this time, sir. You blamed me for your ill-fitting jeans, but not your t-shirts. Did I? I don't remember doing that. No, no, you didn't. Okay, can you please get me some better-fitting jeans, though? Please. <laughs> Somebody get this man some pants. <laughs> Here's what happens with my jeans: is like every tell few... me what happens with your jeans. <laughs> Thank you for taking an interest. Every few years, I think. Jeez, I'm I'm wearing like these jeans are so needlessly baggy. I mean, we're working from late '90s when it was like the Jinko jeans, right? Yeah, because you bought your jeans, all of your jeans in the '90s. <laughs> it was a great time for jeans. Yeah. Um. So every few years since you know college, I've been like thinking like I should get like more stylish jeans. Like these are just real baggy. Uh, maybe I should go something you know like I got some legacy. I work those things or, or whatever. <laughs> Or just you got look- some yeah, I, I, pff, yes, I do, sir, uh, ma'am. I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I'm a lady. <laughs> Please, I don't. <laughs> gender is an outdated concept. Oh, you don't see gender, okay? <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm, I'm like that uh, book that I couldn't finish reading. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> are I mean, we all like that book that we couldn't finish reading? Like an unfinished. example, an example from that book. Oh, pretty good. Thank you. So every few years, I think, like, oh, I should probably just get jeans that, like, fit in a more fashionable way. And I'm getting to the next layer where I'm just, like, I'm concerned I'm about to, like, buy, like, skinny jeans. Because I'm just like, mm, maybe it's time. Time to get that skinny, skinny look. Oh. Well, hey, buddy. I wish you all the best in all of your endeavors. Hey, you're on the hook for this one. We already no. decided. Yep. You no, take no. the blame for my pants. I take no, the blame no, no. for my shirts. <laughs> I think... How do you feel about uh, like a utility kilt? We'll get you one of those. No, thank you. You can still show off your calves. Ma'am, sir. (laughs) (sighs) It's, well, the troubling thing about it. We'll take you down to Pioneer Square. Uh Go to the utility kilt store. There's a great place to buy petticoats next door. We can buy matching skirts. What is a petticoat? Oh, it's it's like a big ruffly thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. The times I've had to explain what a petticoat is to you. See our future episode on petticoats. Oh, exciting! Yeah, coming on, coming. Finally, soon. greenlit that thing. Yeah, well, we're as part of our engineered wonder series. <laughs> we made that. It's so roughly though. <laughs> it's so impractical. <laughs> uh, well, like like the petticoat, uh, the the submarine is a article of its time. You know, we we have originally. 
So as I was saying much earlier here, I think a lot of these things, the Panama Canal, the internet, there's just, I'm used to it, right? Um, whereas the nuclear submarine, because I've never been on one, it's kind of just like, really? People do that? You don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because what's what's really outstanding about it is that it's like, it is self-contained, as, as James said. It's like, yeah. so I, I think the thing to grasp about, uh, that I didn't grasp for a long time, but when when you talk about naval ships, for the most part, you're essentially talking about a big mobile power plant. It's kind of just like, like since we, you know, moved past sailing. So since we got to steam shifts, um, the, the problem engineers are trying to solve when they build ships is, how do I make this power plant float? <laughs> essentially. Because, like, okay, yeah. you just need to drive something forward, and if it floats, ah, great. And then you load on, you know, your... You find ways to load containers on, or weapon systems, or whatever it is, but, like... The, whatever you need to carry around, sure. The very core of a ship is, uh, we're generating power, and we're going to use that power to power uh, some kind of turbine or something that will drive this ship forward. And then, because it is a power plant, it also gives people electricity and like ways to live on the boat because they're out there for a long time mm -hmm. and so the jump from a regular submarine to a nuclear submarine represented hey what if power was like not our limitation at all because the original nuclear or the original submarine had not a lot of space it was like okay well we've got this canister and we just gotta sneak in real fast shoot a thing at a thing and then get out of there because like there's not a lot of air in this canister uh, <laughs> But as we moved to nuclear, size limitations got reduced because it's just like, we have, like, the ocean's real big. That was never the problem. It's not that we couldn't fit it in the ocean. Mm -hmm. It was more just like, ah, we can't really power this. We got to, like, cut corners where we can. But nuclear is such a uh, uh, large source of power. Like, it has a very good p power generated to f floor space taken ratio uh, that essentially that stopping limitation. And you could just, like... Hop out there in uh, your luxury cruiser. It's not. Oh, true. that's cool. I didn't realize that. That's really neat. But I mean, it makes sense now from James's intro. Like your only limitation is your food. Right. Exactly. And I, I think that's what's really, really interesting about nuclear submarines is that uh, that really is it. I mean, I think Wikipedia said the, the same thing as I was researching this. They were just like, uh, yeah, mostly it's just about if you run out of some consumable. And oxygen is not a consumable because we have a way to make that. Um, yes. So it's all about if you run out of Pokemon card trainer packs. <laughs> yeah, those run Gotta out. Gotta go to quick. the mall. <laughs> the submarine pulls up at the mall. <laughs> okay, okay. Everybody gets $3 only. <laughs> $3? You can't buy a pack with that. How much is a pack? I think it was like 6 when I was a kid. It's probably more Whoa, now. Oh, I think the magic card packs were $3. Oh, Playing yeah. the wrong game, bro. Mm. There were lots of naked ladies in the magic cards. <laughs> Yeah, it always made me feel kind of creepy. Uh, you know what? I think it's why I really liked him. What? What? Uh, expand on that. You know, a lot of my childhood doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> 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 but I, I remember spending a lot of time admiring figures of adult women. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's I am. I identify as being straight. Yep. You know, I, I still admire other women's figures, like, regularly. Who doesn't? But, it's great. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Ladies keeping it tight right <laughs> let's take a I mean, second I can here say that you can't <laughs> i think we i think we should just all take a second here during this upcoming break uh -huh. to just uh appreciate women uh for everything they do thank you women not just for their forms because that's <laughs> weird and this is why i didn't play magic 
So I'm going to go be respectful to women. And we'll be back in a moment. Encyclopedia Brunch. Okay. And we are back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about nuclear submarines. So one more addendum to the uh, they never run out of anything is that they also never need refueling because a submarine is designed with a 25-year life about. Because you don't want like something rusting and breaking when you're underwater or whatever. So like right. they keep a very high, uh, a strict standard on, on how long they let the submarine be out. And a nuclear reactor, uh, the fuel rods tend to last more than 25 years. So you build it. It's out. It's gone. That's cool. They're like little little underwater batteries. They're like little underwater, like... I think what grabs me about it is that uh, they're entirely disconnected. You know, James talked a little bit at the end of his intro about uh, undetectability. And, you know, if you've, uh, if you've engaged at all in... Uh, Oh, let's just call it the Snowden talks. Uh, the the discussions uh, that have come up in these past few years about being like, oh man, everybody knows everything about us because we're connected. Um, yeah. You know, this is what the internet brought us. This nuclear submarine is the opposite of the internet and that it's its own thing. It's 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 a Redditor just ready to go out there. No no disrespect <laughs> to people on Reddit, but like... This is a dis- disconcerting framework. I'm all flustered now. I just, I just, oh boy, I just, I don't know, I... I'm glad that maybe some other people enjoy it. I have no desire to read reddit.com slash r slash libertarian. No, thank you. <laughs> um, but good luck. Don't talk to me about it. Um, but like, yeah, I feel like the submarine is like, uh, there was that, there's that fair. I think I heard about it on a radio story, like maybe a planet money um, some time ago, but there's a fair, I want to say it was in New England where it was like, what if we weren't connected to a global economy and you just live like that? It's kind of like Burning Man for like the libertarian economic dream. And so like okay. you would buy with cash ahead of time like pieces of silver or gold and like everyone kind of agreed on about what that was worth and like you just sort of had to trade for everything uh, to get what you needed. And you were like off grid, off, you know, no social services. Like obviously people weren't going to let you die. Like, um, but uh yeah, otherwise it was just, you know, not tuned in. It was as though you were just living in a, I don't know, it was like a Ren fair, I guess, but without the, like, what if you took away all the... It did sound a lot like a Ren fair. Yeah. You take away, like, the jousting and you add a little more, like, you know, uh, uh, Keynesian so, like, economics. stuff made out of pine cones, maybe? Probably. Well, I mean, you know, at least you gotta pull yourself up by your pine straps. Yeah. Ah, oh, they're so prickly, though. <laughs> well, you don't have to buy it. That's the beauty of the free market. Yes. <laughs> Free market will decide that we don't have to wear pointy bootstraps. <laughs> it has. I think in a lot of ways it has. You know, yeah, you're right there. In the same way that it hasn't <laughs> that it hasn't given us uh glasses with needles on the inside of the lenses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean maybe in like the Mutter Museum or something. Maybe, yeah. There's a lot of things there though. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, actually like a counter argument. I mean Good work moving it along. <laughs> well, sure, facts and so on. 
Well, speaking of facts and so on, um, yeah, Catherine, do you know uh, the Washington State ship? No, I know the Connecticut State ship. What is the Connecticut State? The ship? Connecticut State ship. Please tell me. <laughs> is the USS Nautilus, which is the first nuclear submarine uh, launched in the United States, and I, I, actually the world, but. Uh, and it was launched out of Groton, Connecticut, uh, which is why much of the economy of Connecticut still circles around uh, submarines. Because, well, we, we got in early on that, and now it's ours. So you, yeah. get, you get your electric boat, you get your Westinghouse, who's a nuclear uh, company that made the actual nuclear reactor that was on that yeah. submarine. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's why we have that. And it's a point of pride for us, because, boy, not a lot in Connecticut. Um, you have two state ships. Really? What's the other one? The Freedom Schooner Amistad. Oh, the Amistad, right? Because that was the one where, like, there was that whole uh, Supreme Court case, right? What? Uh, okay. I'm remembering this just uh. off the back of my hand, right? But that was, right. uh, that was, uh, there was a guy, Dred Scott, I want to say? Oh, I could be off on this, but I'm pretty sure basically a, someone brought over on that ship sued for their freedom, um, uh, and I don't remember the outcome because I'm not a good student of American history. <laughs> In the show notes, find out mm-hmm. how slavery worked out. Bad for everyone is the answer. Mm, well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, kind pretty of much across everyone. the board. You know, like, when you put yeah. people in chains, you wear the chains yourself, you know? Whoa, that's mm-hmm. real, man. Yeah. You know what I think is fun, though? What's that? So I, I've looked up uh, <laughs> state chips here. Um, and the Washington state ship, the Lady Washington. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like an old timey ship and it was not designated until 2007. So I just like to think that Washington was like, state ship, come on guys, seriously, we got one of these two. Well, okay. This so- is, uh, this is a lot of the times how I feel about Washington that it's like, okay, yeah, it's part of the mainland, but it it's constantly trying to edge into another country somehow. <laughs> Like, uh, guys, can we just... <laughs> like, Canada? Or, like, what What do you mean? Sometimes Canada. Sometimes maybe even Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Jap- sometimes just I think it just kind of wants to sink into the ocean and become an Atlantis. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> would, would move there, yes. Yeah, totally. Atlantis, you say. Interesting. Tell me more. How does your tax structure work? <laughs> it's very, it's very regressive. <laughs> you have ex- no income tax. Um, but that means we can only tax through sales tax. <laughs> so it's like 10%. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, that's like that's like tax in a major metropolitan city. All right. Fair. And I get, mm-hmm. I, you say, I, do I have to buy my own scuba gear? Like, is there a program for like underfunded people to have scuba gear or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, we did fund the the <laughs> tourist board <laughs> run scuba gear program. <laughs> um, however, it did raise tax another 5%. So... Uh, <laughs> So you're saying Atlantis, great place, or sorry, Washlantis, great place to visit, bad place to live. Yeah, you got to live in uh, <laughs> Vancouver, Atlantis, <laughs> <laughs> where you get the no income tax of Washlantis, but uh, you get uh, the no sales tax of Portland. Landis, Portlandis, please. Portlandis, yes. In Portlandis. <laughs> to be clear for the listener, we're talking about Vancouver, Landis, Washlantis. But yeah, Vancouver, Washington, which is not Vancouver, Vancouver Washington, Canada, which is the most financially responsible place to live <laughs> if you hate taxes. Based on uh, it is left as an exercise to listener to go back and remove the Lantis suffixes to everything Catherine said earlier <laughs> to understand why. 
Um, okay, so wait, I want to talk about state ships real quick. Uh, oh, boy. I mean, oh, boy. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I want to talk about state things, right? So, like, the reason that I know the USS Nautilus is because, um, one, it's kind of interesting. That's like, oh, like, my, my state didn't have a lot going for it. We lost the Whalers when I was a kid, which was a big deal for us because it was our only professional sports team. So, like, being like, oh, the <laughs> birthplace of the nuclear submarine. The, the real reason I really remember that is because we had a section in fourth grade that was like, do you remember, Do you can you learn the state everything? So I can tell you who, uh, state bird is the robin, the state insect is the praying mantis, the state flower is the mountain laurel, the state tree is the charter oak. What's the state noodle? Uh, pizza. <laughs> okay, what's the state pizza? Uh, Topping. It, State pizza topping. Clams, I would say. Uh, okay. Because that's okay. like, there's this whole thing in New Haven, Connecticut about like, we have special pizza, which I, no one told me about. I grew up like a, an hour from there and it was just like, oh yeah, yeah, just get pizza like New York style or Chicago style. Those are your options. No one was like, oh, New Haven is like renowned for its great pizza. No mm. one said anything. Mm. I blame the schools. My question, <laughs> my question yeah. regarding the schools. Yeah. What's the state t-shirt? Uh, it's this t-shirt I'm wearing right now. Actually, the state t-shirt is, uh, the Nutmeg State Games t-shirts that okay. a lot of people get for volunteering at the Nutmeg State Games. Uh, state Spice, Nutmeg. Um, <laughs> state Demonym, Nutmegger. <laughs> Which my understanding is because it's a, has to do with a sort of unflattering depiction of Connecticut traders as being like people who might like screw you over on your nutmeg purchase. That is, that's a very specific burn. Yeah. I think maybe it mattered more at a different time. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you think? Well, I mean, you know, nutmeg is still pretty big over there. I haven't been back in a while, obviously, but nutmeg is great. Nutmeg is great. The question I wanted to ask you. Have you ever had fresh ground nutmeg? This is the question I've always wanted to ask you. (laughs) Okay, we'll do tradesies. Um No, no, I don't think so. Real? Oh, you simply must. It's delicious. What would you have that on? Like a dessert? Uh, like some eggnog? Yeah. Mm, yeah. How do you feel about eggnog? I like it. Yeah, I'm into eggnog. I I can't do more than like two to three weeks of eggnog, but no. Yeah. No, no, no. Otherwise, real good. It's a nice. Yeah, it's a nice. Like, oh, the season's here now. Great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, exactly. Look, not have it again the rest of this month. <laughs> I'm done. Um, the question I wanted to ask you was like, what mm. what is a thing that is very reasonable to have as a state, whatever? And what is like, when are we crossing the line? I feel like bird, uh, that's just a thing we've all agreed on. Huh? It's all unreasonable. <laughs> the name of my next book. <laughs> yeah, would buy. Uh, you're right. <laughs> it's fun to have some things, but like, and especially when it's connected to like something historical, like the l- launching of the USS Nautilus. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. Can we just like, like not every state has a state dance. Can we just like pick the things that are important to you as a state? Am I being two states rights about this? Am I, am I too much of a Jefferson? I just like to play the Hamilton role here. Uh, sure. I think uh, it is important for some federal unity, right? So that we can right. cross compare because but like, I think it's I think just what it, you're forgetting here is that your plan would have us assume states debts and my plan would have us assume things about other states based on what birds they pick (laughs) that's a horrible plan it's great uh it's not even that useful because like five states all have the same bird and stuff it's a mess the system is a mess it needs to be standardized oh boy 
<laughs> Hamilton and his bird system. <laughs> would read. Would would read that addendum book. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go uh, write that and dig it up. And... uh Dig it up because I buried it. I don't know. It had to. It had, it had to just stay a little. It's a real Jekyll and Hyde situation, but like really like low key Jekyll and Hyde. I am going to <laughs> it's go. Like Hyde does like kind of weird stuff, and Jekyll's like, uh. <laughs> it's like Jekyll. This, this is somewhat inconvenient. Jekyll is just Hyde's weird friend. Like ah, I had to bring him. My mom knows his mom. I think we confused Jekyll and Hyde. Boy, we got a lot of work to do in this break. Okay. <laughs> when we come back in a minute, get ready for the deep alchemy required to bring my new Alexander Hamilton addendum and for us to study up on the ancient works of Victorian literature in a moment on Encyclopedia true. Brunch. And we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about nuclear submarines. Really? Yeah. I thought we were talking about Victorian literature. <laughs> uh, ancient Victorian literature. <laughs> it's my alternate history. We're in uh, Victorian period happened in 2000 BC. It happened in Greece. Okay. Well, you, I feel like, feel like you took an inefficient route there because you could have just said it was a sci-fi novel because <laughs> that's already in the future. 2000 BC. Wait, what? Yeah. No, no, no. Hmm. In a science fiction novel, Victorian literature would be ancient because that's in the future. In a science fiction novel. Oh, yeah, they, you're right. That's much more direct. Yeah. Thank you for your good tips. Hey, we're, I'm, I'm uh, nah. Okay. Speaking of Victorian <laughs> literature, <laughs> uh, our last tag fact uh, for the USS Nautilus is that it was named after Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ship. Oh, that's why it's familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I feel real dumb right now. <laughs> I knew there's some Nautilus. What is that? What is? Do I know oh. someone named Nautilus? Is that one of the my mom's friend's kids? Uh, man, what a gorgeous word, Nautilus. Hmm. It's a fun animal, too. Love them. They jet around. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, they jet around. Oh, I thought they just sat there. That's cool. Well, it depends on when you see them. <laughs> So well, I bet they spend a lot of time just sitting there. Nautilus need a break too, you know. I, uh, that's what they had that big protest about. The Nautilus <laughs> Union. <laughs> yeah, well, they were joined by the the uh, Crustacean Union in general. I mean, that's right. that's yeah. why yeah, they got the Snails Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a big coup for them when they got the land dwelling uh, shell havers as well. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just took a while to get them all to meet in one place. Yeah, well, you know, these things take Nautilus time. Nautilus got there quickly, though. Jetting around. Yeah. Like a nuclear submarine, jetting around 20,000 leagues under the sea. If you recall, uh, that 20,000, it's not that it was that deep. It was that it was under the sea and went horizontally that distance. That distance, yes. Yeah. So that's how yeah. I did it. With jets. I mean, with turbines, but whatever. Um, Were there turbines in the book? I don't, I, think... I don't remember. How did it move uh, in the book? Hmm... That was the thing. It was probably steam. 
Well, because it's a power plant, right? So that's the thing yeah. about nuclear submarines, too, is that a lot of them are still steam-powered in the sense that, like, so if you have a nuclear power plant um, mm-hmm. on land, you typically, you just, the nuclear reaction gets something real, real hot, and then you use that right. to boil water, which makes steam, which spins turbines, like, which produces electricity. Oh, okay. Yes. And so a, a similar process goes on with a, a slightly smaller plant inside of a uh, nuclear submarine. Oh, okay. So it's just converting heat to energy. That's how you convert heat to energy. That's how you convert heat to electricity. Electricity. Right. Heat is energy. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. You're right. This, I misspoke. This is something like... That's, that one's on me. Yeah. Okay. So you've got pants that I am wearing and uh, heat is energy. Okay. That's on your Thanks sheet. Thanks for clarifying that you are wearing pants. Today? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about tomorrow. <laughs> hey, one day at a time. That's what I say. Yeah, that's that's how you got to take it with pants. Um, have you ever thought about? Uh, I've worked in a couple power plants in my life, and uh, sure, I remember one. Wow. Well, I guess one, and then like have built out like boilers and stuff for plants that produce other things. Right. Um, But uh, I remember coming to this conclusion after having done some of the style work and being like, "Oh, I get it. Steam is just a way. It's like just a really good carrier of energy." Because water in its liquid phase and water in its gas phase, it takes a lot of heat to boil that, which means you get a lot of heat back when you let the steam condense. And thus, it's just like a really good way yeah. to carry around a lot of energy. Yeah. So that's like that's why most power yeah. plants are, are driven off of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, um, you know what? You got to feel really lucky that we live on a planet that's so close to the triple point of water. I assume that was something that we've mentioned on this podcast, but if not, that was something my uh, great senior design professor told me once, and I was like, "That's that is true." Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to get outside your box sometimes. <laughs> well, so anyway, so we built these. Uh, let's see, in January 1955, the USS Nautilus de- departed Groton, Connecticut, to begin sea trials. Um, and so that's post-World War II, right? Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do with the submarine now? we got this glitzy, glammy submarine. It's driving around. Like, Let's use it to spy on people. Oh, good idea, because they're so secret. I have great ideas. <laughs> All right, I'm putting you on the National Defense Board. Okay. I, I Listen, I, I have a lot on my plate. Mm-hmm. I'm already on the Tim's Next Pair of Pants board. Yeah. Well, how's that going, by the way? Um, you know what? Not as good as the uh, making Victorian literature ancient board. That's going very well. Well, that just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a sweet board spot if you can get it. That's, oh, yeah. Once a month, you come to the meeting. Nice work if you can get it. Mm-hmm. Well, great work being on all those boards. It's, well, uh, you know, I'm a mover and a shaker yeah. in my community. It shows that you're in really... my uh... very, very weird community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're fun. <laughs> It's fun. We have fun here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what what we did end up doing was uh, post World War Two. We're like, all right. Well, we gotta have some kind of war. Well, you gotta have some excuse to build these awesome ships. Um, and uh, we built a ton of them, specifically to to some degree to spy. Right. So to like you know you sail it around underwater. We can be underwater basically forever. Like just as so long as it can come up with some kind of food source. Um, I don't think they go fishing. That'd be fun, but I don't think that's what they do. Uh, so they would like check stuff out, see some other things. Uh, typically Russian ships. So U.S. had submarines going one way, Russian uh, USSR boats came the other way, and we all spied on each other. And 
Right around that time, another thing that was going on nuclear-wise, any guesses? What's another big nuclear thing from World War II? Uh, radium girls. Uh... <laughs> Is that a band I don't know about? Or No, well, probably, but the, the radium girls, they uh, basically, they just got radiation poisoning from, uh, I believe, painting numbers on clocks with radium paint. Just so they would glow? Like, was that the... Yeah, because they... they um, they had radium paint and they would lick the paintbrushes to make the tip really pointy. Mm, that is helpful. Um, and that's what they were told to do. Uh. So they just like died. Well, It's really sad. Don't eat radium. That's the lesson to take away from that. Yeah. When was that? Uh, I feel like it's World War- It's definitely in the 50s. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, because like yeah. We, we knew radium was not great because like, didn't the Curies die from radium poisoning? That was the 1800s. Yes. Yes. It's real bad. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, yeah, but companies didn't care. They didn't care about these poor women. That's true, and they weren't educated, I suppose, because who was? We, we barely know anything about that. Like, we know enough to be we like, radium's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Well, speaking of people dying, uh, another thing that was going on in World War II with nuclear was the development of nuclear warheads. As you recall, uh, that was uh, one way that the theater in the Pacific was uh, brought to a close in a horrible, horrible way. Um, Sad. And then we were like, you know what we should do? We've got nuclear on these submarines. We should put some more nuclear on there. So a lot of what submarines came to be used for in the kind of Cold War era was sailing around the world undetected, completely free from any necessary connection to the homeland, whether that be USSR or the US, um, carrying a bunch of nuclear warheads so that they would have the ability to launch from anywhere and say the Russians shot us and like blew up Washington DC and New York and like all the big, whatever, whatever's uh, we would still have legitimate cause or case to be made that like, Oh, well we'll retaliate because our nuclear weapons are around the world, completely distributed with no connection to anything. And us and the USSR made a ton of these. Did you, I feel like, you you said you found some estimate on on how many. Yeah, right? um, there was a U.S. intelligence report estimating that it was like twelve hundred to two thousand. I suspect it would be on the lower end of that range, if at all, uh, on that range because like uh, U.S. intelligence reports like they're trying to scare people, so they're going to overestimate. But what? like a thousand, that's still a big number. Yeah, I mean, like just the order of magnitude is kind of crazy because these things cost you know billions of dollars to make. Yeah. Um, that's not. I, I don't fast fact check that. Uh, let's see. But la- like prohibitively expensive. The Nautilus was fifty five million, and uh, it was not our most complex submarine. And then also, of course, that was uh, in nineteen fifty five dollars. So a lot of money. Billions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so between all of them, like yeah, this really added up. And like, yeah, they're, they're these crazy machines. Like every aspect of it is incredibly complex like just if your if your job was to be like the person who scrubbed co2 from the air so that it could be recycled and people could keep breathing while this thing was underwater for literally three months um underwater for literally three months uh that alone is like that's a full job man there's like so much like dr strange love in that whole recipe right because you get one kind of unhinged submarine captain who's like well just blow some stuff up i mean this is why we have a uh, uh, military regimenting i think <laughs> specifically to avoid yeah, unhinged like, submarine captains systems fail is the thing military regimenting being a system it's true well okay so that i mean that leads to an interesting discussion around you know james mentioned in his talk about uh 
rep- uh, what's the word I want here? Duplication of systems, right? So everything's got a mm-hmm. backup because like it's scary, right? So like a lot of times our backups. So for instance, in the internet episode, we talked about the backup is well, there's a million other computers and they're all talking to each other, and it's sort of like it can always fix itself because it's distributed. The actual submarine itself is not distributed. It's a free roaming thing that is a thing. Um, and so it all it has its own backup systems. So for oxygen, CO2 scrubbing, uh, water purification, whatever, uh, nuclear missiles, all those things have a ton of backups. Um, I have to assume they have a ton of backups in place as well as from a personnel standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, but I would imagine it's not super easy to launch a submarine or launch a submarine. I'm sure it's launch a missile from a submarine. Yeah, I bet there's some codes or something. I don't really know, but like, (laughs) (laughs) that's probably intentional. Honestly, like they probably don't want like average Tim knowing that, right? Which I guess is fine. I don't. So uh, you know, maybe that brings us to. I I think we just talked kind of at length about how. uh, Well, the Cold War led to a lot of really bad habits for for superpowers. I think. We just you know, That's a good way to put it. Got into some bad ways, you know, just like, well, if, if you do this, I have to do this, and you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, just kind of an ongoing, well, I mean, mistrust is always there, but... Right. And trust is important. Um, I'm a builder, you know, not a submarine builder, a, a bridge builder. <laughs> uh, sure. So, I mean, I think, I think we've kind of both agreed, maybe it's not like the hottest, greatest thing to have to, uh, whether you really have to or not, but to feel like you have to strategically have a thousand submarines... Uh, nuclear submarines that each cost you know tens of millions maybe hundreds of millions of dollars roaming the earth like all around the earth secretly um look each carrying a warhead that could destroy the lives of you know a hundred thousand people or whatever when you say like it's not good that you feel like you have to what really jumps out to me is like oh this is a consequence of like having a war as big as world war ii like that scarred that like permanently scarred like the political mm, theater or whatever mm. you want to call it, whatever the proper word is. Right. Right? Because well, <laughs> like so much trust was lost, so much pain, so much suffering was had that, oh, we feel that we need these super weapons now. We feel that we need to take things up like four, five, six orders of magnitude death-wise, like death toll-wise. Um, yeah, it was like a really and, bad breakup. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of things are. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's... It seems like only now are we seeing those death toll numbers start to go down. There was this really interesting, and I'll see if I can find it again. I don't know if I can. There was a really interesting video on deaths and wars, and it was showing that like the number of deaths and wars as like percentage of like population of a country or like population of Earth or something is starting to go down now finally. And it was like peaked in World War One, I, I think. Right. Um, Whoa. And yeah. Um, and so and i think the big reason for that is we have things like drones which like talk about an engineered wonder with a complex ethical like mm. quandary around it right well because world war one the the reason so many people died was because you just like kept sending people into the path of destruction you're like yeah. I, that's all we know what to do is we'll just keep yeah. throwing more men at that but yeah drones is the opposite of that but oh yeah talk about i don't like drones i don't know i it makes me feel all uncomfortable. Well, yeah, it feels like there's so much inequality of that. There's so much like I'm a rich country that can afford this fancy thing that's using it to shit on this poor company, right? Or country company, Ugh, Freudian oh, slip could happen. Uh, <laughs> I am so sick of Frito Lay. 
Um, yeah, well, I guess you imagine the eventual evolution is to everybody got drones, you know, where it's just like, it's sort of like a chess game we play. Because, I mean, when we're talking about, when you say that, like, oh, well, the, 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 the stakes got so high after World War II because we couldn't trust anyone, it became, uh, I mean, silly to say it, but, like, the civility of, of war was lost. The just, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we go see what we can see, and then, like, you know... We all, like, settled on, like, okay, some people died. I think we're good here. Like, our honor is yeah. settled, and the political thing to do now is this. Yeah. It's turned into total war, which is just and like, you... I'm going to destroy that other country. Yeah, and you lose customs, like, in really old wars when the two generals would ride out to meet each other mm-hmm. and, like, have, like, a la- this last chance, man. Can we work this out? Can we all just go home to our families? <laughs> but, like, that, you lose that in something like World War II. Right, because no trust. Instead, millions of submarines. I mean, not millions, yeah. but still. Um, okay, so I think we've settled out. War, pretty bad. Submarines, maybe that was, you know, us making this crazy thing was maybe part of that. Is there anything good we can say that the submarine has brought us? You know, I wonder if um, a lot of the CO2 recycling and the water purification, the like mobile purification, the mobile, the idea of designing a system that its only limitation is food, Mm -hmm. um, has a lot of implications for space travel. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, because if the submarine is a little bit of an easier design plan than a spaceship because it can use salt water for stuff Mm -hmm. and it can dump Mm -hmm. things. I mean, I guess you can dump stuff into space. But you know, it's awesome for... (laughs) Okay, I think this is really cool when I started thinking about actually designing a space Uh spaceship. Excuse me. You have unlimited vacuum. That's true. You're right. You don't need pumps. Oh my pumps. god, that's so great. <laughs> Vacuum pumps are so expensive. Oh, and it's so hard to get them to pull down to like, you know, oh, we need this in micro bars. And it's like, ah, right. Th- and they're like leaking all day, every day. Yep. And you keep spraying all that Snoop on there. <laughs> you ever use Snoop? Is that, the- oh yeah, the, the stuff. Yeah, I need to get a bottle of that actually. You know what? Just my- put some soap in water. <laughs> Just put some soap in water. I know, I know. Yeah. But I need to like put it on for like a day and see if anything happens. Mm. Soap and water dries out. For the listeners, uh, Snoop is the expensive <laughs> version of soap and water, which is if you feel like you have a leak in some sort of piping, you can spray a little of this on it. And if there's air blowing in or out of it, it'll get bubbly real fast because of the agitation. Uh, which But is- the Snoop is like goop. So it'll stay on there. And if you have a very slow forming bubble, it'll show you the slow forming bubble, right? The Snoop is a little better, but like yeah. it's it's expensive. That's all. And mm-hmm. in a pinch, Dawn is fine. Been using a lot of soap and water lately. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, it's over there. And I think, yeah, uh, spaceship, that's good. It's neat. That's cool. I like neat things. Uh, that can get you in trouble a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> the internet. <laughs> yeah. And well, okay. So, but I think, Going more abstract than that, I mean, yeah, okay, you could imagine that there's been developments because military drives a lot of our technological developments that we end up using in civilian life. Um, You could say that we've got like scrubbers or whatever, but like (coughs) ideally it also gets us thinking about how an independent ecosystem needs to operate, right? Like, I wonder, like, could it be used as just like a study of an ecosystem, you know? Like a, a less complex ecosystem. I guess that's what a biodome is too, though. Yeah. Mm, I, like an ecosystem, I'm not sure. Because I feel like we've we've had an opportunity. Like there's a lot of ways that we've figured out to do isolated environments. Um, yeah, I'm just saying it's a thing we're doing anyway. I mean, like this is... I think like 
isolated psyches. That's interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> is it? Like, I mean, it's interesting, but like, I don't know that I want to like be like, that'll be good for when I put people in a cave later. <laughs> you know, you never know when you're going to need to put a bunch of people in a cave. You never know. That's the scary thing about life. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, I imagine you don't want to go in a cave, but would you take a ride on a submarine? How long? Mm, you don't get to know. It's a three-hour tour, but we don't really know how long oh, it's going to fit no. out to be. <laughs> no, okay. Who is coming with me? Uh, well, it's me, this professor. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. There is a movie star. Uh, Ooh. Some rich folks. Um, let's see. They seem fun. Yeah, yeah, they seem fun. Uh, let's see if we can get Ryan North to come. He seems cool. Yeah, okay. All right, Ryan North. Uh, I don't know. Who do you want to bring? We each get to bring uh, some people. Oh, we each get to bring a friend. <laughs> you can bring Ryan North. Um, friend is a strong word. I am going to bring Kate Mulgrew. Okay. <laughs> My good friend. <laughs> Our good friends are Ryan North and Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> uh, come meet them next week on another exciting episode of Encyclopedia Brunch. Don't promise that. <laughs> Someone might believe you. <laughs> well, you know, that's on them. <laughs> it's true. That's true. I'm getting very good at putting things on other people today. Anyway, Engineered Wonders, huh? Yep, it's been fun. Been a great ride. All right. Well, join us next week for something uh, maybe less wonderful. Hmm. I don't know if I wanted to go with that. (laughs) Until then, that's Kathy Gogan over there. Tim Dobbs over here. Bye. Bye.